Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, Melinda and I are today having a chat with someone that's been with us twice, I believe, before, um, Jonathan Bell from Bell Estate Agents. Welcome. Thank you. Jonathan, yeah, welcome back. It's great to have you again. Um, And if you haven't listened to the earlier episodes, you will find Jonathan joined us on episode 14, which was back um, at the end of July 2020, and then again in episode 39, which was in February 2021. Now, Jonathan manages um, a property management firm exclusively um, in property management, not in sales. So Jonathan's here to give us another rental market update today because a lot has happened since we last spoke back in February. Uh, Jonathan, what's what's actually happening out there? Yeah, it's been an incredible 12 months, I think, from when we, first, when we spoke last time. Um, the market is still very strong. There's a lot of tenants in the marketplace. Supply is still low and demand is really high. Yeah, I think it's um, quite similar. We've got a rental crisis in Brisbane at the same time as we've got nothing to buy. We've got nothing to rent. So, you know, it's indicative of the current market conditions. Um, Just quickly, how how quickly are properties renting? Because I know from a sales perspective, properties that are listed for sale, they're getting snapped up very, very quickly. Are you finding the same in the rental market? Yeah, definitely. I'd say if we list it on a Monday, then um, there's a strong chance that we'll have it rented on the Saturday inspection. Um, and then a lease signed on the Monday. So we aim to have them rented within seven days um, and then two to three inspections at a maximum. That's pretty quick. I, I know we've, we've spoken before in other episodes um, about investors looking to buy up in this area yep. and we talk about the, the vacancy rates and things like that and people wanting to buy properties. Um, it's actually a pretty good time, I think, for those investors that are looking to buy investment properties up here in Brisbane. Yeah, absolutely. Clients I work with who buy investment properties are always pleasantly surprised by the yields that they're achieving. Um, and they're really surprised at how quickly they're rented and the tenants mm. moving in as well. So it's, it, yeah, it's been a really good time. Yeah, and I think if we compare Brisbane's gross rental yields at the moment, at the end of July, um, we've got gross rental yields for dwellings at 4%. Compare that to Sydney, for example, the gross rental yield there is 2.5% and Melbourne, 2.8%. So, you know, really attractive yields for investors in a market that not only has a good rental return, but also strong capital growth prospects as well. So, you know, it's not unreasonable to understand why people are targeting Brisbane for investment. But, um, Jonathan, in terms of the border closures, the most recent lockdown that we had here in Brisbane, um, are we seeing any change to, you know, how quickly properties are renting because of that? No, I think the um, there's two segments of the market. There's the current locals of Queenslanders who are renting in Brisbane, and then there's also the people migrating to Brisbane. The people migrating to Brisbane are paying premiums because they see such good value mm. to be able to get an executive home five bed three bath with a pool in a inner city suburb for fifteen hundred dollars a week is outstanding mm. um, the people who live in brisbane though have seen that increase over the last few years so they think that it's gone up significantly and they think so, it's expensive yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah so the people relocating and recently as the border closures have happened they haven't been able to move here they mm. are the ones paying a premium so there has been Um, a little that we have been impacted slightly by that Mm. but now as the border closures um, cease then we're definitely seeing people move here quickly what about the the ones that are um, renting i should say we see it a little bit from the buy side of it Um, i'm not sure how they do it and we always probably frown at it where 
people are buying a site unseen, different for a rental side of it. Obviously, they're not staying there forever. No. Um, are they renting it site unseen? Because yeah, obviously right. the border closures. Yeah, definitely. And they usually, there's relocation specialists who we work with. Yep. So they usually engage a relocation specialist to come and inspect it on their behalf. Mm. Are there special clauses within the rental agreement that need to be put in place then to protect the landlord in the event that, you know, a tenant moves in and the property's not to their satisfaction because they haven't physically inspected it? Yeah, definitely. We always make sure that we put a clause in saying that they accept it in its current condition um, mm. and that the photos are not an accurate representation of the property. Perfect. So just in terms of how quickly properties are renting, is that across the board? Are we seeing all types of properties in Brisbane renting fairly quickly? Is there any difference for, for example, inner city high density units versus outer suburban um, homes? Is there, are you finding any trends in relation to product type? Yeah, the inner city market is still definitely impacted. I haven't seen any genuine growth there over the last 12 months. Mm. Um, We've seen it stabilise since a lot of the short-term letting went to long-term through the start of COVID. Mm. Um, the suburban houses are extremely strong. We're seeing a lot of groups throwing their renting first inspection and also the executive homes, which I say is over $1,000 a week. Yep. That's very strong as well because there's a lack of supply mm. and there's significant demand. Yeah. And that's what ultimately drives prices, low supply, high demand. So it's about you know selecting location to ensure that you can um, minimise the supply or, or influence the minimisation of supply as much as possible by what you buy and where you buy. Who are you seeing renting the units in the inner city? Is it is there a trend in that side of things? Is, it, is it locals or my, people it's, migrating from down south? It's transient people. They need a place for six months. Yeah. Um, there's friends moving in together who are going to the local university or there's someone who's moving to Brisbane but only for a, a short amount of time, flight attendants, pilots, etc. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because when we look at the vacancy rate data and um, we obviously report that each month in our market updates on the Brisbane Property Podcast, what you're saying, what you've said actually correlates with what we're seeing in the data where vacancy rates in the inner city um, are actually still higher than the majority of the surrounding regions. So, you know, citywide, our vacancy rate is um, is very low, but in that inner city market, it's a lot higher than the, the overall um, Greater Brisbane median value so that correlates very um, well with what you've said there in terms of the the period of time that properties are taking to rent in the inner city high density space is definitely longer and rents really haven't grown so that's to be expected based on the data that we're seeing as well so on, on the housing side of it what type of properties there do you, do you think like you talk about the units in the inner city area yep. the housing side of it what what's probably the uh, the flavor at the moment then it's the most in demand yeah um, the premium properties yep. so executive properties inner city locations or the inner fringe um wilston windsor grange on the inner north barton paddington all of mm-hmm. those higher-end homes um, are extremely sought after i get calls every day from clients saying i need a house happy to pay up to two thousand dollars a week and i need to move in in the next two weeks and are they looking for long-term rentals or are they looking yeah. for short-term stays? Yeah, long-term rentals. So mm-hmm. a lot of them say they're happy to sign up to two-year leases yeah. with rent increases incorporated in the lease. Wow. So they're really strong. Yeah. It's really interesting because, you know, when we're looking at, you know, properties to buy, we always want to make sure we're buying something that will rent very quickly and rent very well, but not only in a market like we've got now, but also long-term, we want to know if there ever is a spike in vacancy that we've got desirable properties. One question I always get asked by our investor clients as a buyer's agent is, 
should I buy a property with a pool? Um, you're the rental expert, Jonathan. <laughs> what do tenants want? Do they want a pool or do they not want a pool in Brisbane? As an executive property, I would definitely suggest a pool. Yeah. Even because it's so strong at the moment, tenants are willing to pay for the pool servicing and mm. the pool maintenance as well. Wow. So if it's over $1,000 a week, I'd suggest a pool. Yes. Um, if it's under $1,000 a week, then it, it depends on, on what the purchase price is. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. And that's something that we would always you know, factor in when we're discussing whether a pool is a good idea or not for an investment with our clients. Yeah, we always talk about it. And, and we talk about that, the servicing, the chemicals and things like that. Look, there's always unknown things, whether a pump's going to blow, but you don't know whether your oven's going to blow inside either. Hot so water yeah, hot water systems, that's just that's just rental property. I mean, you never know um, on that type of thing when it comes to property. I'm a bit the same. Um, Brisbane, beautiful, warm weather. Um, I think a pool is something that is desirable. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people, especially people moving from down south coming up here, they'll feel the heat come summertime. Yeah. Mm. When it gets hot here in Brisbane, um, it can get really hot. And so. that's the, the two things they ask is when they're relocating, does it have aircon and does mm -hmm. it have a pool? Yeah. 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 If you can't get a pool in the yard, put an air conditioner yeah. in the <laughs> yeah. um, in the main living room, in the main bedroom. There's a big tip. And of course, we own property with pools that we rent out um, and we've never really had significant costs associated with that, but we've definitely had advantages for the tenants um, and certainly makes that property more desirable for others to rent. But what I'd love to talk about is, you know, how much are, are people achieving in rents at the moment? And, you know, to lead into that, I've actually um, done a little bit of uh, data analysis. That's that's very unusual that for unusual? me. Yeah. <laughs> but look, what I've done, um, Jonathan, you were back with us um, in the very first episode 12 months ago now. So I looked back at where we were in terms of, you know, the, the change in rents um, over time. So in the 12 months up to July 2020, which is when you were last on or when you were first on our podcast, um, what we saw in Brisbane in terms of rental price growth in the housing sector, um, we had negative growth in the housing sector in terms of rental price growth, negative 0.4%. And in the unit space, negative 1% growth. So that is an indication of where we were sitting in terms of rental growth 12 months ago. Then you joined us again in February. So um, between July 2020 and February 2021, um, we'd seen an increase in housing rents. Um, we were then 3.4% um, up from the 12-month point prior. And in the unit sector, negative um, 0.3% rent price growth. So we'd seen a shift in housing. People were starting to rent houses. They were starting to pay more for houses by February. Um, rents had seen a slight improvement in the unit space, but we were still in negative growth territory. Now I've just analysed the data up to the end of July um, to see where we are in terms of rental price growth today. And it's actually astounding to see the change from February. Now in the housing sect sector, rental price growth is 9.4% here in Brisbane and in the unit space we're 4.6%. So that's an increase of 6% over five months in the housing rents and an increase of 4.9% over five months in the unit rents. Jonathan, is that a surprise to you? That makes total sense. I think it's what we've discussed today. Um, and I think, like, if I think about a house in the in suburbia, um, $500 a week, I genuinely think it should be at $550 a week, which is a 10% increase. Yeah. yeah. And are you seeing that's the same across all property price points? For example, I know when we look at the housing, or sorry, when we look at the, the sales sector, we can look at data and we know with a high degree of certainty that the top end of the market, so the top 25% of values are growing at more than double the rate of the lowest 25% of values. So we're seeing that 
that divergence in growth um, yeah. targeted more towards the, the higher valued properties. Is there any similar trend in the rental market that you're seeing? Yeah, definitely. There was an executive property um, in Tawong that we rented um, this time last year. It was $925 a week and we leased it yesterday for $1,100 a week. That's a massive price increase. Yeah, and, and they paid six months in advance. And wow. Okay. So they're really wanting to get into yeah. that market. Is that a one-off example or is that what you're seeing across the board? No, it's definitely. And then last week was 47 Montpellier Road in Grange. It's an executive house, five bed, three bar, $1,350 a week, plus the tenants paying for pool and yard maintenance. So wow. That wouldn't have, we could not have achieved that 12 months ago. And it's those sort of properties, are you seeing a lot of people lining up to, to get through the properties um, when you are opening them for an inspection? Yeah, obviously the market for people willing to pay that much rent is smaller than um, um, in the further out suburbs. So you're looking at five to six groups through is the perfect amount of people to make sure you're getting a high quality tenant and also getting the best possible yield. See, sometimes in when we're buying properties and we'll go to a property and have a look, there could be 20 groups, 30 groups through. Um, it, that sort of thing for rental properties, obviously, is that what you'll see, 20, 30 groups through? I personally don't want to see 20 groups because I think that it's a pricing thing. If you've if you've priced it too cheap, you'll get 20 groups through. Um, if you're pricing it to the market, then you should be getting five to six groups through. And that's interesting because, you know, when we buy a property here in Brisbane, at the moment, most properties are being listed without a price. So there's a lot of people turning up at those open homes and it's not uncommon for us to have to line up to get through properties where there's 40 50 even 60 groups through in one open home um obviously being COVID safe now um but it's quite different in the rental market it's actually um properties have to be listed with a price is that yeah. right jonathan yeah it's really important to price it well because you have to list it with a price mm. and legally you can't negotiate rents mm. so the tenant can offer more if they want to but you can't legally negotiate so it's really important to have someone who's actually on the pulse and make sure that you're pricing it well any, anything over 10 groups through and open for inspection, I think you probably underpriced the property. And it's interesting because as a landlord, you might get excited if you've got a higher number of groups through, but that might be, you know, an issue in terms of how the property is being priced from a property management perspective. So that's where it is important to engage a property manager that's on point and understands the current market as well as the conditions and prices that are being achieved. Yeah, exactly. And what you said before, a 9.4% increase over the last 12 months. Um, that's an easy calculation to make. So if you've got an investment property, you should really be seeing a growth of that currently as well. So what about for investors that, you know, are looking to renew their tenancy agreements with tenants who are looking to stay on? I know a lot of property managers might just send out, send out renewals without um, suggesting any rental price increases. Um, you know, we always teach our investors to to align really closely with their property manager to ensure they're getting a comparative market analysis to understand that yeah. they are getting market rent. At the end of the day, it comes down to having a commercial decision that you make as a landlord as to whether to increase rent or not. But if rents have increased nearly 10%, yeah. And you're not asking for anything more, you're really going to be falling behind. You might not ask for the full 10% as a landlord, but asking for something as opposed to nothing makes commercial sense from, from, an, from a business perspective. So from an investment inspector perspective, it's something that, you know, landlords should be doing. Are you seeing that um, there's any objection from tenants, any pushback from tenants when long-term tenants are being asked to pay more rent? I think it's around education. I think you yeah. need to educate your tenants around what other properties are renting for. And if they're not living in your rental property, they're going to have to live in another rental property and they're going to have to pay more there anyway. So if you, as you um, send a CMA 
out to a landlord, there's nothing wrong with sending that to the tenant as well mm-hmm. and actually saying, here's the last three properties we rented and this is what they rented for. If you decide not to take this increase, then this is what you're going to be competing with. Yeah. And there's costs associated with moving as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, you know, um, property managers are there to actually look after the landlord, but also to look after the tenant. So it makes sense to me to educate both because, as you say, a lot of tenants would not necessarily know what else might be out there and what else might be renting. And it does cost to move. So accepting some small increase makes more sense than than having to relocate and move into another property, which might be very difficult to find given the current rental conditions as well. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. And even if you, if it's a 10% increase, um, which is say $500 a week is $50, you might increase it by $30 and the tenant's going to be really happy and you've got a long-term tenant, you know, you can trust. Makes commercial sense. And they'll take care of your property more. Exactly. I guess they're a happy tenant. Yeah. Just a quick one. um, When we're talking about properties and locations and things like that, um, without having to get, actually giving certain locations but as you're talking about that higher end um we get we've had discovery calls people inquire with us and and talk about how they're investing their money and things like that one of the things that um is fairly common is some people will say oh i don't know whether to buy a uh, a more expensive property or whether to buy more smaller low value low value properties um my point of view and you could be completely different i don't know but my point of view is is um, quality over quantity. I totally agree. And yeah. in my business, I do that as well. I think um, the higher end properties attract higher end clients. Yep. They attract longer term tenants as well. So if a light bulb goes out, they're happy to fix it. Um, and there's less actual ongoing costs because you've got a really highly educated tenant usually as well. Yep. So I, I totally agree, I think. And they're renting so quickly um, and they've got the money to spend as well. So what about the maintenance on those sort of properties? Do you find more maintenance on the lower end properties compared to the higher end properties? Pretty similar. Pretty similar. You'd expect it to be more on the higher end properties, but it's not. Okay. It's pretty similar. And you guys obviously have trades that you organise for, for people throughout the process, make life easy for them? Yeah, exactly. And it depends. And I think having a portfolio, you need to make sure you've got trades who are specialised in higher end and then also ones who are specialised in standard housing as well. So yeah. it's important not all tradies fit every um, house. So yep. it's important to, to segment that. And I think that's a really valid point. And I just want to chip in here because, you know, off the back of that question, should I own one quality investment or two lower quality, um, lower price point investments? You've just indicated there, Jonathan, that the cost of repairs is quite similar. The volume of repairs is quite similar. However, if you're receiving $1,500 per week rent or or even $1,000 per week rent, the cost of those repairs as a proportion of your rental income is substantially lower than if you're only receiving $300 rent per week. Labor costs don't change whether the building repairs are happening, you know, in the inner city or much further out, but the cost as a percentage of your income is significantly higher when you're receiving a lower income. And it's a lot of a lot of investors fail to grasp that concept, especially when they've got a property that does come with Um, maintenance costs and a lot of investors fail to factor in those maintenance costs when they're looking at feasibility prior to purchase it's something we always discuss with our clients we always allow for a maintenance budget in the feasibility numbers to determine whether it it fits within their comfort level but also within their affordability and it's a really great point to to bring up Mm. The, the other one, which um, obviously a bit of a heads up for people as well, is the smoke alarm side of it. I know yes. this, this is a big thing. I get it all the time with rental yep. properties, but 
2022, everything has to comply and everything needs to be upgraded, obviously. Yeah, the electrician was at my house doing it yesterday. So you need smoke alarms in all the bedrooms, living areas. Yep. They need to be interconnected or have a 10-year lithium battery. Yep. Um, that's as of the 1st of January 2022. And that's the same for properties for sale. We can You can sell a property without um, that level of compliance now, but from that that same date you will also have to comply is that correct um to be able to sell a property no i think the big thing as well is smoke alarm prices are going to go up substantially mm, yeah. because supply and demand correct um so i would be we're advising all of our landlords i think they've all now agreed um booking them in now even if you pay now and get them done by the end of the year at least you're locking in today's prices and again, smoke alarm costs for installation. They won't change whether you're installing those, you know, in low value properties or high value properties. The number that you install might change, yep. but um, the fact that you'll have to get the labour component, which is the most expensive part, out to complete the work really won't make a, a difference. So what about the, the price side of things with yields? What What's happening on that side? I know we touched a little bit on it earlier, but the, the yields now, um, obviously Melinda mentioned what we are compared to Sydney and, and, and Melbourne. What's that sort of looking like at the moment? So what we can track is the change in yields over time. Now, remember, the, the gross rental yields um, is simply the percentage of income generated through rent as a proportion of the property price or the property value. So what we found in Brisbane is that gross rental yields have compressed. So when we were last talking in February, Jonathan, Brisbane dwelling yields were at 4.3% citywide. By the end of July 2021, those yields had compressed to 4%, still very attractive when we compare that to the likes of Sydney and Melbourne. But what that tells us, despite the fact that we've had this 9.4% growth in housing rents and six, oh, sorry, 4.6% growth in unit rents in Brisbane, because the yields have compressed, it tells us that the growth in capital or the, the value of the property has happened at a faster rate. It's actually the perfect storm for investors right mm. now in Brisbane. Such strong growth in the value of properties, but also this strong rental price growth. Um, which direction do you think it's heading, Jonathan? Yeah, and I think um, um, on the back of that as well is properties at the moment in Brisbane, obviously going for auction and, and agents are getting the best possible price. Yeah. Legally in Brisbane, you can't negotiate rents. So I do believe that properties are being under-rented, which probably means the yields 4% are not, at, they could be actually higher mm -hmm. for a lot of investors. Okay. Um, and because they're not, yeah, we can't negotiate rents. Um, if an agent puts it a little bit low, the owner has to accept that price. Understood, um, yeah. I think that over. I'm telling landlords at the moment, I don't believe a two-year lease is in the benefit of the landlord because in 12 months I think we could justify another rent increase. Yeah. Mm. I'm seeing um, two-year leases currently in our portfolio from um, a year ago and now we can't increase the rents when typically we would. Typically so I, you'd have a 10, 10% exactly. or 9.4% increase. increase. Yeah, so mm. I'm suggesting 12-month leases because it creates security but it also means we can get a rent increase. Yes. So, so to answer your question, I think we're going to continue to see growth. Yeah, I think the amount of people that are moving, as you say, the, the pressure on that that side of the market and the migration and things like that, I think that twelve month is is probably a smart one. Yeah, to align it with a certain time of the year, is there any preference? Yeah, it depends on the property. I think if yeah. it's near a university, you can be strategic around that. Yeah. Um, and then also depending on school years as well. So typically to be broad, um, January, February, and June, July yeah. are the peak seasons. But it also depends on the area. So. On the ground, and I always like to get away from the data occasionally because I know Melinda loves it, um, but on the ground, we're obviously seeing good numbers at Opens. Um, you said, obviously, to try and 
if you advertise it right, you'll probably get that five, six um, to opens. Um, who are you seeing? Who's renting? Yeah, a lot of people are asking me, well, the rental market's increasing. Why and who's renting these properties? Um, and I've put them into a few different categories, um, interstate, immigration and expats. They're um, definitely a massive part of the market. And I think when we had the border closures that showed the, the numbers were down um, and they're the ones who are paying a premium. Mm. Um, there's also the people who are building. So there was the incentives from the government around um, building and renovations. And there's obviously um, issues at the moment with getting supplies to mm. Australia. So they're being delayed. So people are needing to extend leases, but also find a rental property, which mm. typically wouldn't be like, that's a part of the market that hasn't really existed before. Mm. Um, and then there's also people needing, um, unfortunately, because of COVID, there's been divorce rates are the highest they've ever been. So families are needing um, two dwellings rather than one. And then um, the last one as well is the sales market. It's so strong. People are selling quicker than they ever thought. So they need a rental property. Yeah. So they're selling, they've got 30 day settlement. They've got 30 days to find a rental property. So you're really being hit with demand from from all areas yeah. and some areas that are not traditional long-term um, demand drivers, like, you know, the government incentive, which which was the, the home builder stimulus, um, I bet there was never intention for that to create more demand in the rental market, but because um, the, the construction sector could not keep up, we're finding these construction delays and now we're finding people have nowhere to live because they thought they'd be moving into their home which exactly. is still under construction that's fascinating yeah exactly yeah mm. and obviously you know relocations we're, we're seeing that in our own inquiry people are you know moving to southeast queensland they're moving to brisbane but uh yeah people can't live with each other divorce rates <laughs> <laughs> two, two houses per family that definitely um increases the demand for rentals as well it's an interesting thing what cab has done when you look at that um as you say relocating to get away from areas that are probably impacted by COVID and wanting to get an area that's not as heavily compact uh impact by it um, the building, maybe they're extending their houses and getting bigger because of COVID and they've extended their family <laughs> or the divorces because of COVID. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I even had um, the person who rented Tuong yesterday on the phone when I said that they got the property. She said, well, wow, this rental market's cutthroat, isn't it? So like even <laughs> wow. she's feeling it and she just sold a $5 million house. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't look, I don't doubt it. And and I've, I've been a little bit uh, sorry for our listeners that I haven't given everyone the weather update as well on this episode, <laughs> but at the back end of um, August now, we're coming to the end of winter um, and we've still got beautiful fine weather. Um, I don't don't blame people wanting to come and live here in southeast Queensland. Um, Brisbane's fantastic and it's moving ahead. Obviously, the, the pressure on this market and that rental side of it, it's good for those higher-end investors, um, obviously, to get into the market as well. So, um, look, that's been, it's been a good chat. Jonathan, thank you again for joining us today. Um, thank you. We'll write this one down as the, the third one. Um, <laughs> look forward to the next one and see, obviously, what, what happens on that side of things. Um, I'll let you do, um, obviously, to get in touch with you, yep. um, people that have got properties, yep. what's the best way to get in um, touch again? Um, every platform, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, website, um, and then I'm sure I'll be tagged in this as well. And it's Bell, B-E-L-L. -L. Bell, that's my last name, Jonathan yep. Bell, Estate Agents. And we'll put the sh uh, contact details in the show notes. So if you do want to get in touch with Jonathan for a market appraisal, um, just to get an overhaul of your rental portfolio here in Brisbane, please reach out to him. Um, he'll be able to assist. So I'll let, um, I'll let Melinda wrap up as per usual. Um, thanks very much for listening again. Thank you, Jonathan, for joining us. Um, take care, everyone. Um, hope everyone in those southern states get out of lockdown pretty soon. Um, and everything moves moves along smoothly. So um, I'll let Melinda wrap it up. Thanks for listening and take care. Bye for now. Yeah, pleasure to have you on the show again, Jonathan. 
Yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) Okay, and look, thanks everybody for tuning in once again. As always, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the latest episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Please don't forget to share this episode and the podcast as a whole with your friends and family. There's always snippets of information that can add value to those looking to buy in Brisbane. Um, Please also don't forget to leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. And we have been receiving a number of questions for our next Q&A session. So keep those rolling in. Um, We will have to pick and choose next time because there's been quite a high volume um, of those. But as always, enjoy your week and we will look forward to speaking with you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.